Okie dokie. We're going to um, welcome up David Potter and Hardy, who's going to join him today um, for our corporate pet prayer spot. Oh, there he is. Hello, David. Yes. Hardy first and then you. Yeah. Hardy's coming. Dear God, thank you for our mums. Thank you for Mother's Day and that we can have an opportunity to celebrate our mums and all that they have done for us. Thank you for creating them to lead and to guide us. And especially thank you for giving them to us to teach us more about you. Please bless all of our mums today and please let them know how special they are to us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things that blesses me greatly day by day is when I wander down the street and see young mums with their babies, caring for them, looking after them. I think what a blessed uh, vacation that is. Praise God. Uh, there were a couple of things in my wife's bag uh, that weren't mentioned. One was a measuring tape. Can you believe it? One just pulls out and clicks back in. The other thing is this. Pardon? Did you? The other thing, sorry, I must have missed that. The other thing was uh, it has lots of men's items for those ancient people like me who are too proud to have a men's bag. <laughs> I look, today I wanted to pray, seeing the elections are coming up next week and um, we don't know what the outcome of that is going to be, but uh, friends, uh, we are, are uh, residents of another kingdom. And I'm just taking my lead from Ephesians 6, uh, where Paul talks to us about putting on the whole armour of God. So can we pray together, please, in Jesus' name. Father, Paul, talking to the Ephesians, uh, asks us to put on the whole armour of God. Whatever the outcome of the elections, Lord, we know that uh, we are members of another kingdom and uh, that is a kingdom which shines light into the world. And Father, we pray for our position in that and uh, how we are to behave in that. And so, Father, we're asking, Lord, that you help us to put around our waist the belt of truth, that we may walk in truth, uh, that we may be ethical, and that we may make that our, our strength, Lord. He tells us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we thank you, Lord, that in Jesus we've been made right with you, Father. And we pray that your life in us will bring forth the fruits of righteousness so that we might shine on the world. We're told to put on the on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Father, wherever we go, help us to be people who walk in peace and bring peace to those around us. And we're told, Lord, to put on the helmet of salvation. And so, Father, we ask you to strengthen our knowledge of salvation in our own lives and let it be on our lips, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we're told to take up the shield 
of faith that we can re resist all the activities of the evil one. The darts and the arrows, all those things which would come to rob us of the joy that we are to have in you and that that joy might be known to the world. So Father, we pray today that we may take up that shield of faith. And finally, Lord, Paul exhorts the Ephesians to take on the sword of the Spirit, which is the very word of God. We pray, Lord, that as in these days deception is coming into the world, even persecution in ways which we would never have imagined in our younger days, we pray, Lord, that the word of God will be on our lips. Help us, Lord, to speak that word to those around us. And we encourage us, Lord, to stand in the faith that you've given us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. everybody. I think I can confidently say that I had no plans ever in my whole life to get in front of a group of people in a church and talk and share. So it's not on my bucket list at all. <laughs> so bear with me as I um, bring some thoughts that buzz around our heads as mums a lot of the time. Today is Mother's Day. And I was chatting with another few uh, pastor's wives and uh, we were all joking that Mother's Day is coming up. Not only just all the mothering side of things, but just that extra invitation from many of the husbands uh, to preach that day. So we've just added that to the list. <laughs> I was joking with a few people that you know very well and we're all thinking, gosh, we fall for this. Why did I fall for this? But I'm very excited to share some wonderful things with you today. So I'm speaking about motherhood, summed up in, I think Sam said, 10 minutes. Wish me luck. If you know me, we don't have a chance. <laughs> I guess I could just say exhaustion. It's probably a few key words that provide a lovely umbrella. But where do you even begin? Even this phrase, motherhood, it stirs up a whole lot of different images and connotations for people. It can embody all of our hopes and all of our dreams, or it could be a source of a lot of pain and confusion going through different stages of life. Or let's just face it, maybe we're just too tired to even think about it. But this morning I trust that the message that I believe the Lord's laid on my heart to share with you isn't just for those mums who are in the trenches in those young years where you've got a bundle of kids or your first baby and you're wrestling with coming to terms with so many new things. I pray that for each of us would be receptive to what God our Father would be saying to us to hear His voice speaking to us in all of our different stages of life. Can you just see something here? A huge chip on my shoulder. One of the reasons that I always wrestle with speaking in front of people is because of that whole idea of perceptions, other people's perceptions, what I think they might be thinking. And we all know the reality is no one's thinking about us as much as we think that they're thinking about us. Isn't that right? But I have a chip on my shoulder because I think some people might think maybe she's kind of got it all together. 
oh no, what time did I arrive? I think three minutes past 10. <laughs> and I know that for me, the realities of everyday life hit home. Motherhood is exhausting. I yell at my kids. Is that right, kids? Just every now and again. Yeah, just every now and again. Just I've never parented teenagers. I have got no idea what it's going to be like when this baby number six pops out in a couple of months' time. It's a whole new ball game all over again. The dynamics are going to change again. Do you know what? Life is messy. Hands up if you believe that. Life is messy. We can have our plans, we can have our orders, and we can try and get those ducks in a row. They even look like ducks. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for the grace and the love of Jesus that covers us each day and that every day he promises in, in Lamentations that his mercies are new. We all need a whole lot of mercies in our life. So in preparing this week, I've had a household of sick kids, way too many commitments, wet weather days. Gosh, they're bad when you're a teacher, but when you're a stay-at-home mum, <laughs> wet weather days are not always your best friend. But there was one verse that kept buzzing around my head. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now that's a verse from Romans and it's probably not your standout verse on motherhood. The Bible is full of a bunch of godly characters and qualities that should be evident in us as women of God. But what I started to think about with this verse was the contrast between the pattern of this world and God's will for us as individuals and as parents. The reality is that we are bombarded with ideals, expectations, conflicting perspectives, different messages about what life is all on about. And unless we know our true identity, these messages can sway us, they can unsettle us, they can pressure us and they can manipulate us into living a life that is not God's will for us. So of course today, it's Mother's Day, we're going to focus a little bit on the mamas in the room, but I honestly believe that this message is for all of us. But before we jump in, let's just uh, keep it real. This resonates with me, <laughs> this image. <laughs> it's not stressful at all. <laughs> Got it all together. Nadine was beautiful. She said, well, your hair looks good. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Parenting isn't stressful at all, holding it all together. We're going to first of all tackle... Who are ye? Click. There we go. So, we might be able to relate to that image of Jessica because being a mum and being a dad or being a grandparent who's hands on or being a foster parent is flipping hard work. It is exhausting and draining and life sapping and it, it just can consume a whole lot of our thinking as well. And it can be lonely. For many, many people, the path to motherhood has not been smooth or easy. It may have been a journey already in the process of pain and of confusion. Often motherhood is long desired, but comes with a whole lot of disappointments. And sometimes becoming a mum is unexpected. 
Because see, when a baby is born, a mother is born instantly and your identity is forever changed. The natural flood of new emotions can be really hard to navigate. And I think a lot of the stress and the challenge comes because this new identity can take a long time to adjust to. When you add in the inevitable fears, those pesky hormones and total mind and body exhaustion, you can have a recipe for a whole lot of feelings of failure. So I truly believe that we've got to be secure in who we are as mothers. And if that can happen before motherhood and carry on into those early years of motherhood, that's just fantastic. When I look around at society, I think the emphasis is often placed on what we do. From grades at school, to sporting achievements, to that conversation when you hit about year nine of what you're going to do in life, there's an immense amount of pressure. So it's not really any wonder that we sort of muddle up this idea of what we do with who we are. And I want to go one step further and say that actually the emphasis should be on whose we are. Not who we are, but whose we are. And if you wrestle with knowing your identity as a child of God, know that you are not alone. It's the thing that Satan wants to steal most readily because it's the thing that's going to ground us is the thing that's going to hold us strong as an anchor in this life. So I want to say this morning, allow the Lord to refresh you in revealing to you who you are. His mercies are new every morning. Have a look at this list. I've got a problem with this clicker. You are who God says you are. We so often sing that song, that beautiful Hillsong song. I am who you say I am. And yet often the lies that we listen to from the world or the lies that we tell ourselves are not in line with what God's word says about us. If we are a child of God, we are cared for, we're important, we are a new creation, we are empowered, we are chosen, unique, loved, Beautiful, precious, how incredible is that? So soak yourselves in the truth of who God has created you to be. That's a really great starting point. Know who you are and those challenges of motherhood are going to come, but in those times rest and rely on the truth of Jesus allow God's strength and grace to be present in your weaknesses. And here's a big one, mums, be gracious to yourself. Be gentle on yourself. You might've been a mummy for a few weeks, or you might've been a mummy for 30 or 40 or 50 years, but it doesn't matter because none of us were ever intended to tackle this gig on our own. God never said, here's a baby and good luck. He's designed it to be a growing and a learning process through all of those ups and downs of parenting. Here's another way of putting it. Motherhood should not define us. It should refine us. 
I think when we look at it through those lenses, it really changes our focus. It's not about meeting a mark or getting a grade. It's about allowing God's Spirit to continue to grow us and help us. But here's another reality check. The world that we live in has a message for mothers. Now, even if our identity is secure in Jesus and we know his grace and the power of the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, that Romans 12 passage reminds us that our minds need renewing. We need transforming. That's a pretty big word, transforming, changing from one phase to another phase. So the question is, what are we going to be renewed from and what are we supposed to be transformed into? I like that Paul refers to the mind. Isn't that honestly where so much of our battling happens? We battle with our thoughts. We battle with our fears. That's where they take root. We analyse and weigh up decisions. We second guess ourselves. We doubt our gut feelings. And listen to Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. He again says, be made new in the attitudes of your minds. Now, I remember so clearly the pressure I felt with Skylar and Jack. Jack's up there. Skylar's over there. Oh, my. (laughs) I had so much to learn about parenting. And looking back, there are times that I cringe about how I behaved as a mum with both of them. Don't get me wrong, I loved having children, but becoming a mum really shone a spotlight on where my priorities lay and what my identity was founded on. I remember holding Jasper, our third baby, and for the first time feeling that I was starting to get a hold on this parenting thing, and so much of that was about letting go of expectations, judgments on myself and others, letting go of the overly high and exhausting ideas I put on myself and on those around me. I actually remember Sam's 30th birthday very clearly. We went to the Lenzer Height and I'm fairly sure I spent the whole evening determined that Skylar, who was maybe five months old, was going to sleep at her normal bedtime. Can you imagine me? I had a round table and I was there jigging this baby, <laughs> getting her to sleep because I had this idea of robotic schedules and basically that my kid needed to fit in with those things that would help, to help me to feel secure, help me to feel like I was doing a good job. I'm so thankful that your middle name is Grace and that you are full of Grace, Skylar. <laughs> and guess what? With Jasper, I started to enjoy Being a mum, yep, took me three kids. Being woken up in the night to care for a sick sick child didn't feel like quite such an interruption. And I actually felt satisfaction in being needed by my little ones. I wasn't so stressed and I wasn't so lost. Because here's the truth. The world is sending us messages about motherhood and it's sending them loud and clear. But they aren't consistent or filling us with confidence. They're confusing and they're contradictory. I believe the world sends us conflicting messages. Here are a few of them. The capable businesswoman. 
You can have it all together. You can drop your kids at school. You can maintain your career. You can keep on going with life. You can juggle a toddler and juggle school-aged children and get to soccer practice on time. The bedraggled mum discovering that her toddler's silence was not, in fact, golden. Far from it. What about providing the right stuff, the right food, organic preferably, medicine, not too much of it, clothes, and the best baby products. Then on the other side, we've got the image of the mother who has neglected her me time, and she's haggard and exhausted and drained and just needs a break. Later on, you go down the path. I'm, I'm having issues. You can say it that way. Oh, thank you for telling me. Thank you, darling. The mumbling teenager who's self-consumed and distracted by devices. We've also got images plastered over the media about what we should look like and how to get your life back after children. We also hear about the toll emotionally, physically and mentally that parenting can take on you. The fear that many women have, which is a genuine fear, that mothering will jeopardise their career, their options in life and their freedoms. Now all of these things really come from a spirit of competitiveness, a spirit of comparison. You may have heard that phrase that comparison is the thief of joy. And I truly believe that. Not that we don't need other mums around us and that we don't need help and support. My goodness, we need those things. But there can sometimes be a really fine line between hearing those messages that the world is preaching and allowing them to sink into our spirit and be in conflict with who God tells us that we are. Now, just to lighten things up a little bit, those of you who know me know I love the old meme and the odd little, uh, I guess, impact that social media has on our lives. I think one of the reasons is that it so often perfectly captures the realities of life with children. So I've got a few of them here. How true is this? Parenting was so much easier when I raised my non-existent children, hypothetically. I was so guilty of that. I was fairly sure that my brother and sister-in-law who had their first two kids before us kind of had a few things to work on. (laughs) How about this one? When can we come see the baby? You know what? 4am would be super helpful. Thanks. I think sometimes as a church family, we could do a few more things to help practically with some of these mums. But then do you know what, mums? Sometimes we've got to let go and let other people help as well. It is tiring. It's a long slog. I joke with Sam most days when we snuggle into bed at night time and I say, who are we going to see first? (laughs) And it's not going to be in the morning. It's going to be through the night. What about this one? I'm retired. I was tired yesterday and I'm tired again today. (laughs) Retired. What about this one? The realities of life. Holidays. I say that we basically just pick up our routine, go to another place a long way away and try to do the exact same things and see if it works out all right. The other way of looking at it is maybe holidays are about experiences for the children and building new opportunities as a family because holidays does not seem like the right word 
We've got to come up with another word. <laughs> Not a lot of holidays. What about this one? We're about to head into winter where the sneezels and weasels are coming out to play. Before I had kids, I thought I had a great immune system, but it turns out I was just really good at staying away from the type of people who sneeze directly into your eyeballs while telling you a story. <laughs> That's pretty true too. When you're trying to look nice, but you haven't slept in five years. <laughs> so on that note, are you getting enough sleep? Well, sometimes when I sneeze, my eyes close. <laughs> that split second. This is a great reminder to look after ourselves as well. As mums, we're actually responsible for nurturing our own bodies, getting exercise, fresh air, good food, company with other people who are bigger than us, <laughs> or at least our peers. Do you know what my prayer is? That my kids see the super God in our family because they're never gonna see a super mama. I'm never ever gonna have it all together. Now, many of these examples that we've talked about, they're real. There are huge elements of truth in them. Being a parent requires sacrifice and effort and flexibility and often a significant change in your life's direction. But the world simultaneously devalues and overexalts motherhood and it preaches a lie that mums can have it all and be everything to everybody. I think as a church family, we can also fall into a couple of those traps. I think sometimes we preach motherhood and even getting married as a goal to be attained. And we need to be very, very careful to recognise the gifts and the individuality of each person in our midst. I remember at youth group, that pressure to be coupled up with somebody and be on that path. And I think we've got to be cautious against that. On the other hand, I think we can also fall into a trap of thinking that motherhood is just a stage and it's kind of easier to keep ministry and spiritual service on the lowdown until your children are a bit older and life gets a little bit easier. But I think God wants to use us as parents right now, right where we are. So how do we counteract those images that the world is preaching to us? See, God's got a message to the mums I love that the Bible is littered with images of the fatherhood of God. It is in his DNA. God himself wants us to call him Abba Father. That's a weird word for us. It means daddy. So really, he should be our ultimate parenting role model. We can get a whole lot of practical help. Wrong way. There's one in there that's not in there. Sorry about that. So this is God's message to the mums. We can get a lot of practical help from reading books, doing a quick Google search, ringing a friend. Jess Potter was such a wonderful strength for me when she and I had Brianna and Skylar six weeks apart and we'd catch up and just quickly check in and see how our girls were going and just make sure that we were sort of on the same page with some of these parts of motherhood. We can get a lot of practical help, but actually God is the master in each of our children 
And he is the master of knowing what it is to sacrifice and to love and to have grace and to have forgiveness flowing out of him to us. So it should be his wisdom that we seek as well as the resourcing of others around us. Do you need a bit more proof about that? I think sometimes we forget that God loves our kids more than we do. Look at this verse from Jeremiah. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. How amazing is that? So the challenge is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I believe we need to be growing in that relationship with our Heavenly Father through our whole lives as well. So let's go back to this second passage in Romans 12. Do you remember we've got to be renewed by the transforming of our minds? But then there's another part there that talks about God's perfect and pleasing will. What I tried to look for this morning, it wasn't why I was late, but what I tried to look for was a piece of rope. Because I used to think that God's will was kind of, you got one shot at this (laughs) and you better hit the bullseye. His good, pleasing, can you imagine me going along a tight work? And perfect, whoa, will. And if I'm not in that will, then there's going to be trouble and life's not going to be all that it's supposed to be. But that idea does not come with it a clear revelation from God about his character and his personality. It's not designed to be a tightrope. God does have a plan for our lives, but it's not that if we step outside of that, we've suddenly missed the boat altogether. The good news is there are three descriptors. Look at them. His good his pleasing and his perfect will. So God's will for our lives must be incredible because it promises life in all of its fullness, a life that pleases him and us, and it's a perfect fit for our gifts and our talents. Do you know what that will is? Go back to Jeremiah. It's for us to be set apart for him as his children, for us to be who he's created us to be. So don't let these years in the trenches pass you by as you wait for a better time, a more ideal time to be in ministry for Jesus. Here are a few little hints and tips. I'm not designed to do this. Have your priorities straight. God first, then your partner, then your children. If you've got those in the right order, everything works more smoothly. Guard against being child-centric. Bit of a weird word. But the reality is the children in our care don't belong to us. Our focus should not be on them our focus should be on our Heavenly Father. The gift and the privilege of raising them to honour Him in their behaviour, in their heart attitudes, training their hearts and their minds to put God first and to point them to Him. 
Here's a good one. You might need to discover your fringe hours. Those moments of time, first thing in the morning, when the kids are having a bit of a rest, half an hour before school pick up, where are your fringe hours where you can spend some time with the Lord and seeking Him? Pray for your children. Commit their present and their future to Him. Ask for wisdom, intercede for them. If you know they've got a maths test before they run out the car door, say, can I just pray for you? Lord, we just pray that you would bless and encourage my child through this morning, that you would take away the worries and the stresses leading up to the pressure of this test, that they would have a clear mind, that they would think through and understand each question and that they would do their very best. In Jesus' name, amen. What a privilege to be able to bring our children to the foot of Jesus' throne and to intercede on their behalf. Next one, find your tribes, plural. I've often fallen into the big trap of thinking I should have a couple of friends who know everything about me, my tribe, my mamas who just know it. But the reality is we've got a pretty large family and that comes with its own dynamics. We homeschool our kids. So I often feel like a fish out of water talking with someone who goes and sends their children to school. I used to think, oh, I can't really be part of this group or that group unless the people are very much like me. Do you know what? God wants to use all of us to get rid of all of those rough edges in our lives. So find your tribes and allow God to use you to encourage those people he's brought into your life. Embrace the reality that mums create the atmosphere. Am I right, dads? Sometimes you can just get up first thing in the morning, you kind of know how the morning's gonna go based on how your wife's coping, how your partner's coping. We really do create an atmosphere in our home and my prayer is that atmosphere will be one of grace and truth and hope and love. Lastly, reassess your days often. Don't let your routines and schedules be what you're a slave to. The first thing that goes out the window when we're too busy is our time with the Lord and our intentional relationships with our children because we just got to get them in the car and we've got to cook that dinner and then we just got to get them into bed and we don't have that quiet time with them before they go to sleep. Those things are really important. Lastly, I promise, and it's the longest 10 minutes of your lives, <laughs> God sees and honours the everyday. I love the story of the loaves and the fishes because that little boy just looked and went, I guess you guys can have this. Here you go. What he gave was what he had. So let's go back to that passage in Romans, but let's read it from the message. If you've never done this and jumped between translations, I really encourage you to do it because it shakes up your thinking and the words that just wash over you because they're so familiar actually stand out in a new way. So here's what I want you to do. These are the same words we read at the beginning. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. 
Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Because unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So be who God made you to be. Give him your mundane habits, your everyday gettings up and going around. Give him your going to work, relationships with work colleagues. Let's not exalt motherhood above God's plan for us to simply follow him and be transformed by him. But let's cheer each other on because there are times that are really tough. Speak those words of encouragement and life in the darkness because I love this. This gives me great hope. It's not straight out of the Bible. Your greatest accomplishment may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Doesn't that give us hope as parents that God's plans for us and God's plans for our children and his children are far beyond what we can ever imagine? Let's pray. Father, I want to lift up every person here, everybody who's a parent or a grandparent, auntie, uncle, all of our beautiful children in our midst. Thank you that you have holy plans for us. Holy means set apart. Thank you that you have a perfect plan for our lives. And Lord, that plan isn't something that's tricky to understand. That plan is for us to live as your children. I pray your blessing over our church family. And we pray, Lord, that you would shine the light and the truth of who you've made us to be so that we can make an impact in your world pointing to the way to you. In Jesus' name, amen.